For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Martin McCloskey. On Fire. This is Mark McCloskey On Fire on News Talk STL. Hi, this is Mark McCloskey again. Welcome back to Mark McCloskey On Fire on News Talk STL 101.9, 94.1, and any place you find your podcast so you can catch me on my Twitter feed, on my Facebook page, on Rumble, and on Truth Social. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be a little broad and expansive today because, uh, you know, I just saw something on the news this morning that crystallized everything that's going on in this country, crystallized everything that's wrong, and crystallizes the dangerous position we're in right now with regard to what used to be law enforcement in this country. There's a, a young lady named Megan McCarthy. She was a former uh, San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputy. When she was on the job, she got called to a residence by the mom of a kid that was being unruly. And she shows up, Deputy McCarthy shows up in the driveway of this residence and sees the kid, African-American male, looks to be in his early 20s to me, might be younger than that, um, coming towards her down the driveway with his fists clenched and ready for a fight, and she starts to pat him down to see if he's got any weapons, and he starts attacking her. And he beats her and slams her and slams her on the ground. The, the video that's available starts about a minute and a half into the altercation. And it's not much of an altercation because she's laying on the ground and he's pummeling her. He eventually takes her gun away from her, puts it against her head, pulls the trigger, misfire. No bullet comes out. He then stands up. She starts to run away. He then starts firing at her with her own pistol, and fortunately he's a lousy shot and he doesn't hit her. All right? That case went to trial. The criminal case against a bad guy who beat up a cop who is coming to help him and then tries to murder her, and then when he gun, the gun malfunctions, doesn't stop trying to murder her but puts off more shots as she's running away. Jury came back with a defense verdict, meaning not guilty, meaning this guy got to walk. And so I'm thinking about it. And I'm reminiscing back in the O.J. Simpson days, where O.J., allegedly, as we say in the media, murdered two people in cold blood. And the evidence was overwhelming. They had his DNA all over the place. They They had the Goldman kid's blood on his shoes and on the fence post and in his Jeep and in his house and in his shoes and every place else. They had so much evidence. You could you could win that case anywhere in the world with one tenth of the evidence they had against O.J. Simpson. But what he had was a jury that liked O.J. Simpson, just like uh, the sheriff's deputy from San Bernardino County unfortunately had a jury that liked her assailant more than they liked her. Well, when you see the video, you'll see that she is a uh, Caucasian, attractive, blonde lady, uh, and uh, I'll bet that that jury didn't look much like her. When you see the video of the attack on the deputy, you might think this would be an open and shut case. But in the middle of the trial, the judge limited the evidence the jury was allowed to consider in part because of what was not on that recording. Now, the deputy says she's furious. The man seen on video attacking her has been released from jail. I'm just very conflicted. I'm confused. I'm 
angry. I'm sad. Former San Bernardino Sheriff's deputy Megan McCarthy says she can't believe that a jury acquitted the man seen in this video who attacked her, finding him not guilty last week of attempted murder and of assault on a police officer with a gun. That man, Ari Young, was shot by other deputies who arrived to help McCarthy. He recovered, went on trial, and has now been released from jail. This is just how I feel. If a video proof of a crime occurring is not enough to change a narrative that people hear, then what will be enough? And that's the problem we have in the United States of America right now. You know, we have this thing called the United States Constitution, and that Constitution has amendments. And the first 10 amendments were added to the Constitution and called the Bill of Rights. And the Sixth Amendment says this, In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed. We don't have such a thing as a fair and impartial jury anymore. We don't have such a thing as a fair and impartial judiciary. We don't have a fair and impartial Department of Justice, and we don't have a fair and impartial FBI. What we have in this country now is a Justice Department which is not involved in the enforcement of law, but involved in political persecution of parties that are, that are opposed to the power elite, opposed to the, to the you know, uh, status quo, if you will, opposed to the concept of a constant progression to that single world socialist state. And we have an FBI that is no longer a law enforcement agency. They're not there to help the public. They're there to enforce the obedience of the disobedient masses if anybody should dare to step out of line, to have an opinion, to have a political affiliation, to have a, 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 the will to stand up against the left, against the powers that be, against the power elite, to crush them, to make their life difficult, to put them in the slammer, to put them under arrest, to cause them to incur legal bills in defense of things which are not even crimes, which will destroy them economically and ruin them. And not, not just for the specific deterrence of destroying that political adversary, but for the general deterrence of intimidating the public at large and saying that if you don't do what we tell you to do, if you don't hold the correct political opinions, we are going to crush you. And this is what somebody said in front of Congress the other day, is that if, if the FBI wants to, they will crush you, they will destroy you, that if you blow the whistle on them, if you raise your head up and say, no, this ain't right, they will destroy you. They will destroy your life. And so we find ourselves um, in, in this kind of a situation now. And then you think about President Trump. You got President Trump from the minute that he announced that he was going to run for president. The, uh, the, all the forces of the, of the establishment of the uniparty of the uh, power elite decided that we cannot have a Donald J. Trump as president of the United States, and we have to do something to fix this election. We have to do something to make sure that Donald Trump cannot get elected and, if elected, cannot be effective. And so the first thing they do is they create the Russia hoax, right? They create this hoax that, that Donald Trump was having hookers in, in Moscow peeing on him and all kinds of ridiculous nonsense, all of which was generated by Hillary Clinton and her campaign, bought and paid for. And Donald Trump was saying it from the get-go, and you might remember this if you're not supposed to have memories in the United States of America anymore. You're not supposed to remember anything other than what the mass media tells you today. But if you can remember back then, 
you know, Donald Trump was saying they're spying on my on my organization. They're spying on me in Trump Tower. They're spying on my campaign. They're faking up all this evidence against us. And you know what? The mainstream media was saying, see, there he is. He's, uh, he's not mentally stable. He's coming up with all these bizarre conspiracy theories because he's, he's a nutball, because he's a Russian stooge, because he's a Putin plant, because he is merely a Russian agent, and therefore he's, he cannot possibly be president of the United States. And they start setting up his, uh, his associates from the get-go. They start setting up uh, the uh, incoming national security advisor, General Mike Flynn, Who's, who's a friend of ours and a really super stand-up guy, um, to, to entrap him into a lie. But a lie about what? A lie about a lie. A lie about a completely fictitious entity. And then you've got Congress itself. You've got Adam Schiff, who actively lies about everything. He would be emotionally and physically incapable of telling the truth under any circumstances. Same with Nancy Pelosi. Same with Chuck Schumer. Same with all of these guys. And yet here they are lying their asses off to us about everything and then wanting to put people in prison for allegedly lying to Congress. Well, of course, you know, Christopher Ray lies to Congress like there's no tomorrow. Everybody lies to Congress. But if you're a Republican, by God, and you say something which can be perceived as being untrue, even if they're setting you up and they're interrogating you without your lawyer present, boy, they'll throw the book at you. Talk to, to Manafort about it. Talk to... Um, uh, Roger Stone about it. Talk to uh, you know just about anybody who's been involved in the um, correct side of politics in the last nine years. But think about, for example, Mike Flynn, or think about Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell's pulling up to a takeout place at two o'clock in the morning. The FBI surrounds his cars with their his car with their cars, demands to see his cell phone, and you got to have you know this is recent so. Mr. Lindell, Mike already knows that the FBI will fake evidence against you, already knows that the Justice Department isn't a a legitimate law enforcement entity, but merely the prosecution or persecution end of the powers that be. So what do you do? You cough up your cell phone, knowing that if they want to, they will plant incriminating evidence against you and, and send you to jail for the rest of your life, or refuse to cough up your cell phone and now you're resisting arrest or you're, you're obstructing justice, and then they'll throw you in the hole again and try to put you in jail for the rest of your life. But the easiest thing that's going to happen to you, the least that's going to happen to you, is it's going to cost you millions of dollars to defend yourself, particularly if you're a high-profile guy. If you're an ordinary schmuck like the rest of us, you just get thrown in the slammer. So think about the January 6th political prisoners. Jesus just arrested another guy yesterday, an actor who was in Breaking Bad and a whole bunch of other things, because he allegedly was in the Capitol in a tunnel on January 6th, and one of the, one of the offenses that he was arrested for was helping other protesters wash tear gas out of their eyes, okay? That sounds pretty offensive to me. You're in there in a crowd, the police have tear gassed you, and you're actually splashing water in the eyes of your fellow protesters to try to help them from being poisoned by the police. Um, Oh, another thing is they said that he passed a police shield down the line that he didn't steal, that he didn't take away from a cop, but that uh, somebody else had somewhere else down the line had taken it away from the policeman, and he was just passing it down the line. Um, But then you got to think about that Sixth Amendment and your right to trial by an impartial jury. And you got to think about, say, Donald J. Trump and uh, the uh, crimes he's been indicted for by the uh, Soros 
funded prosecutor in New York City, Alvin Bragg. And then think about, what's her name? E. Jean Carroll, the person who accused him of raping her some year, which he can't remember, in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman in, uh, in Manhattan. And for, for those of you that, that haven't been to Manhattan, there's this, this place you've seen in Home Alone, New York, called the Plaza Hotel. Uh, uh, Trump used to own it. Uh, his now-deceased ex-wife owned it after he did. And standing next to it on the Fifth Avenue is this big department store called Bergdorf Goodman. It's really the, the last of the really nice department stores in Manhattan. But it's not a place where you're going to wander into a dressing room and rape somebody. You know, it's just that kind of, that allegation is such nonsense. It's unbelievable. But nothing is unbelievable to a jury that hates you. Nothing is unbelievable to a jury that despises every fiber in your body and wants you to suffer. Um, you know what? 85% of the voting population of New York City votes Democrat. There's only one place worse for Donald Trump than, DC, than, than New York City, and that's Washington, D.C. 92.3% of the voting population of D.C. votes Democrat. So here it is. Trump gets indicted in New York. What's the likelihood of not getting convicted by that jury? Zero. Trump's going to get indicted in D.C. What's the likelihood of getting uh, not found guilty by that jury? Zero. And ladies and gentlemen, you just have to brace yourself for it. Between now and Election Day, the powers that be are going to charge Donald Trump with every crime that was, could possibly ever be imagined. Um, and he'll get convicted because he will only charge him in places where the jury hates him, hates his name. Just when they hear his name, their skin crawls, and they can't wait for an opportunity to get even for all the evils that the mainstream media has told us for all these years Donald Trump has done. I mean, unlike the Bidens who actually got rich without having a job, unlike the Bidens that actually took millions of dollars from foreign governments, unlike the Bidens who brag, in the case of Joe Biden, about uh, uh, intimidating the uh, the country of Ukraine. By the way, Ukraine, hmm, maybe we'll talk about that later today too, um, into uh, dismissing a prosecutor that was looking into his own son's company or he's going to hold up a billion dollars of your money and mine. Those things don't get mentioned by the mainstream media. But guess what does? Everybody tells you, oh, Donald Trump's just a grifter. He stole so much money. He became president just to enrich himself when nothing else could be further than from the truth. But here's where we are today, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a federal judiciary that's turned a blind eye to the election fraud in 2020. We've got a Department of Justice, which is just the most Orwellian um, contrary description because it's not a department of justice it's a department of persecution we've got an fbi that is just the state police that is just a coercive arm of the left we these entities have no credibility they should be given no credibility we should defund them completely and when you defund the fbi you're not defunding the police because they aren't a police department they are not there to protect innocent citizens they're there to persecute people that are politically offensive to them. They're there to persecute people that they don't agree with politically. They're there to persecute people that are opposed to this destruction of our basic values, our basic political structure, our republic, our freedom, our individual liberties, and our God-given rights. And this FBI is there to take all that away from you by force if necessary. These people are just there for political intimidation. 
they are genuinely the forces of evil. And you know, the banner that they argue under is that they're there for freedom and democracy. In the real world, they're there to instigate fear and control. And the only way we're going to fix this problem, the only way this is going to come to an end, is if we elect Donald J. Trump president again, he gets in there, he cleans house, fires every single one of those evil sons of guns, and starts with a fresh straight, fresh slate of people that actually respect this country, respect the Constitution, respect God, and put personal liberty and limitation in government first, and puts America first again. Get more Mark McCloskey at NewstalkSTL.com. This is Mark McCloskey on Fire on Newstalk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Mark McCloskey on Fire. This is Mark McCloskey on Fire on News Talk STL. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mark McCloskey, Mark McCloskey on Fire, News Talk STL 101.9, 94.1. And once again, you can catch me on my Twitter feed, on Facebook, on uh, Truth, uh, and on Rumble, and of course, any place to see your podcast. Well, you know, um, there was this guy who made really, really terrible sci-fi movies in the 50s named Ed Wood. Um, and he came up with this phrase because he made these movies that were so obviously ridiculous and so obviously farcical, and he would do things that made absolutely no sense. And people would say to him, look, you can't make movies like this. People won't put up with this kind of stupidity. People won't put up with, with things which make that are contradictory and mutually exclusive, and, and people will refuse to watch your movies because they're just plain ridiculous. And he came up with a phrase. He called it the suspension of disbelief. People go into the movies willing to be deceived, willing to have the, the, the things which are totally nonsensical, things which are totally impossible, presented to them as reality because that's what they're there for. They're there for this kind of mindless entertainment. And for that reason, they're willing to suspend disbelief and believe for the purposes of the movie, whatever they put on the screen. Well, this is a world we live in today, and this is a world that's being sold to us uh, for the war in Ukraine. You know, I go on the war in Ukraine um, every day in a different manner, but it's all the same thing. You have to ask yourself, from the moment you get up in the morning until the moment you go to sleep at night, when you look at the political world, how does this affect Americans? How does this affect America? Who benefits and who loses from the decisions that the powers that be try to force down our throats. Well, in my, in my entire adult life, I have never seen a situation where every single element of the government, with the exception of, of uh, Tucker Carlson, who paid the price for it, has pushed for the exact same thing. There's been no greater proof of the existence of the Uniparty than this push towards giving the war in Ukraine all of American support we can possibly give all of NATO support to the extent that we can twist their arms and make it, make them do it, um, and push, push, push for a war with Russia. And there's no question that right now we are, in fact, in a war with Russia. We're just uh, using Ukrainian bodies to throw at them. We're sacrificing Ukrainian uh, citizens to promote our proxy war against Russia. But it is, it is, it is nonsense. I mean, it is, it is one of the most 
um, profoundly upsetting things for, for me that I've watched for a long time. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky can come onto American soil, put up a propaganda film complete with sad music and, and kids and, and uh, uh, kittens, and they will play it in front of Congress, and they'll play it on, the, on television as if it's news, as if it's not just propaganda. Well, it's, it's just a, it, it, is, it is a remarkable thing. But, you know, they count on Americans not knowing anything. And they count on Americans being completely insulated from the truth and having absolutely no sense of history. And, you know, in a world where you can graduate from high school without being able to read or write or do simple math, I guarantee you they don't teach much of medieval European history. But if you knew a little bit about medieval European history, you would know that there is a close tie between Russia and what's now called Ukraine. Because, oh, back in the year 808 or so, there were some Vikings that uh, pushed their longboats overland uh, to the Dnieper River and uh, took over that part of the world. And they were, they were one of the brothers, a guy named Rurik. His two brothers died. Um, Rurik was succeeded by his son Igor, all right? And they created a country called the Kievan Rus. Kievan, meaning the city of Kiev, Rus. Rus comes from an old Nordic word meaning rower, okay? Because they were Vikings and they rowed their boats. And so that's where the word Rus comes from in Kiev and Rus, and that's where the word Russian comes from because they were the Rus. And between about 880, when uh, uh, Rurik died and his son took over, until the 12th century, the Kiev and Rus ruled all of that part of Central Europe, became the empire which then subsequently became Russia. And so when you talk about the Russians invading Ukraine, it would be like talking about, oh, I don't know, Idaho invading D.C. because it, it's really their homeland, right? It's, it's, where, it's where they came from. It's where their culture was developed. And it's where the, the majority of the people in large parts of Ukraine are Russian-speaking and Russian-cultured people. This, this is, you know, historically the heart of uh, the Russian people. And so when we talk about Russia's illegal, unprovoked, uh, invasion of a neutral third country, and everybody says, oh, that's horrible. We can't allow that to happen. Have you ever heard a single person in the media that you watch or listen to talk about the Iraq war? Talk about the fact that we were told that, uh, uh, that Saddam Hussein was responsible for 911. Talk about the fact that, that Colin Powell stood up in front of the United Nations and said, we know that Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. We know how many he has, we know where they have them, and we invade Iraq, and we decimate the country. We decimate its economy. We directly kill about a million. We kill thousands of Americans, and then we starve another two million Iraqis to death with our sanctions against us. So let's say thousands of Americans, three million Iraqis murdered by us, directly or indirectly, on a completely false pretext, completely false lie, which they sold to us. And, you know, occasionally they would push uh, Bush too into admitting that there was no evidence that, that Saddam Hussein had anything to do with 9-11, but they would do it in kind of an afterthought or a breath. And the very next day you'd have Don Rumsfeld out there beating the Bushes for war again. That was the first time in my lifetime where the Uniparty just totally took off the veil 
and said, we're going to talk you into doing something that makes absolutely no sense to the United States of America, but we're going to do it, and you're going to support it, and all of Congress is going to stand behind it. Well, we have the same situation going on right now. One of the most offensive things that I saw, by the way, Tucker Carlson was back on uh, on uh, last Tuesday, and, and uh, he... <laughs> I was a little concerned about him getting canned at at, uh, Fox because every night he had about three and a half million to four million followers. And, uh, you know, how many people is he going to get on Twitter? You know, who who actually would pull him up on Twitter? So um, I'm watching his new show. And in a few minutes, he's got, you know, 15 million watch, you know, views. By the next morning, I haven't paid attention to it since, but by the next morning, he had 62.5 million views of his 10 minute and 27 second show. And I mean, that's, that's a big audience. I mean, that's, he could few more a million, he could win the presidency. Okay. Um, but, uh, he ran a clip, a clip of a conversation between the, uh, the thug Zelensky and Senator Lindsey Graham, who's allegedly a Republican and allegedly a conservative, but he's no different than any other rhino in the uniparty. And they Zelensky and Graham are talking about the war in Ukraine, and Zelensky's talking about how the Ukrainians are winning, and Lindsey Graham gets this big smile on his face and says, yeah, and Russians are dying. (laughs) I mean, what kind of an evil, heartless, soulless human being? I don't care what you think about the war between Russia and Ukraine, but these kids out there getting killed, they're 18, 19-year-old kids. They're not politicians. They're not Zelensky. They're not buying houses in Switzerland and Lamborghinis with the money that the United States is giving them. They're not Vladimir Putin. They're not oligarchs in Russia. These are 17, 18, 19-year-old kids that are giving up their lives in war, and Lindsey Graham is laughing at them with delight. If you ever wanted to see the absolute proof of how genuinely evil the people that run our country really are, Imagine Lindsey Graham laughing at the death of 19-year-olds, and that's what he did. And then ask yourself, who is this Zelensky guy? Why is he Churchill? Why is he godlike? Why is he untouchably perfect? Why is it that he can walk into our country, walk into the United Nations, demand billions, demand billions, and armaments and and weapons of, of modern weaponry, and we give it to him? How is it that we can be having a budget crisis? How is it that we can be having a debt ceiling crisis? And yet, Volodymyr Zelensky can walk into Washington, D.C. and ask for billions of dollars, and everybody says, okay, here. And by the way, here's some more, because Americans aren't making a living. We've got millions of illegal aliens coming in, absorbing all of our resources and our tax dollars and our education and our health care. We're buying them houses. We're buying them hotel rooms. We're buying whole hotels to put up illegal aliens. We have $32 trillion in debt. And yet when Mr. Zelensky comes in in his tracksuit and asks for another billion dollars or $10 billion or $30 billion, you say, here, and by the way, have some more because America's the richest country in the world with our $32 trillion in debt. And you're such a hero. You are such a paragon of democracy that no amount of aid is too much for the glorious Vladimir Zelensky. Except that, guess what? What's the real world like in, in Ukraine, right? Um, what does he do? He, uh, he uh, imprisoned 
his political adversaries. He shut down uh, the media opposition, closed down the newspapers, closed down the TV and radio stations. By the way, let's think about this. Imprisoning your political opponents and shutting down opposition media. Does this sound familiar to anybody? This maybe, you know, reflect the kind of government that those people in the United States that are giving them billions of dollars would like to see imposed here, or in fact have already imposed upon us here. But then you got to stand back and you got to ask yourself, who benefits from all this, right? Does the United States benefit in any way from giving $130 billion to Ukraine? No. It has depleted our military, depleted our armaments, depleted our military preparedness at the very time that we are facing a very real prospect of a war with China. The very time that the Chinese are building up their Navy, which is now the largest Navy in the world, building up and modernizing their Air Force, modernizing and expanding their Army, threatening invasion of Taiwan, threatening war, at the same time that we are now intentionally depleting our ability not to wage war, but just to defend ourselves. So who benefits from all this? We uh, decimate the Russian military by uh, increments, and that's the goal, right? They actually say that, 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 that part of this is to uh, neutralize the Russian military. It neutralizes the American military, and guess what? There's only one power out there whose military might is increasing day by day, and that's the Chinese Communist Party, and those are the people that seek to destroy us, and they make no bones about it. Every day they say the goal of the CCP is to dominate the world, to destroy America, to defeat us economically, defeat us socially, and defeat us militarily. And so you got to ask yourself, why? Why are we allowing this to happen? Well, and then going back to suspension of disbelief, there's a Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which Russia built at great expense, which was going to make them money by selling gas to Europe that we're supposed to believe that the Russians bombed their own pipeline because Zelensky told us that. And now we have this dam on the Inyepa River, which gets blown up over, you know, last week. And uh, it was built by the Russians. It's owned by the Russians. It supplies water to Crimea, Crimea, which is Russian territory and populated by Russian people. And now we're told by Zelensky that the Russians blew up their own dam And everybody in the mainstream media says, oh, those evil Russians, they are so evil that they will shoot themselves in the foot to punish themselves because that's what evil people do. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, quoting Tucker Carlson a little bit on that one, so I give him full credit for that. But it is so obvious. And here we have the Ed Wood syndrome come in again. Suspension of disbelief. Ukrainians blow up the Nord Stream pipeline, blame it on the Russians. Ukrainians blow up the dam in the Dnieper and blame it on the Russians. And 100% of the Uniparty backs them up. We all say, all right, we're going to pretend that night is day, day is night, Edward rules, and we will suspend our disbelief. And whatever you want, Mr. Zelensky, we give you that plus 10% because you're such a wonderful guy. Get more Mark McCloskey at NewstalkSTL.com. You're listening to Mark McCloskey on Fire on News Talk STL. 
For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Mark McCloskey, on fire. You're listening to Mark McCloskey on fire on News Talk STL. Well, you know, I've been uh, kind of being angry for the last couple of segments, but there's some good news out there, too, because just yesterday, Missouri Governor Mike Parson signed two bills into law in Missouri, one of which prohibits boys playing sports with girls and the other which prohibits what the uh, uniparty and what the media would call gender-affirming care, which is a surgical and medical mutilation of, of children. Right? He has outlawed those things for people under the age of 18. And, you know, that makes Missouri the 20th state to, to ban that kind of children's mutilation. Uh, Texas Governor uh, Greg Abbott uh, signed the same kind of bill in, uh, in Texas, I guess, the day before yesterday. So, it's it, you know, we're 30 states short. We've got 20 states now that have come to their senses and are, and are making sense. But that leaves 30 states out there, 30 states where this kind of insanity has taken hold, this kind of blind adherence to media-generated insanity. You know, um, the concept of having to have a law to say that, that boys shouldn't be allowed to play with girls in sports is, is, is hard to understand. Um, and it's also hard to understand how we actually have to have a law that says cutting off little boys' penises and testicles or cutting off the breasts of girls is a bad thing, right? It's something that ought to be prohibited when people are kids. Well, you know, we prohibit an awful lot of things from kids. For example, kids can't vote. Kids can't drive cars. Kids can't drink alcohol. Kids can't buy guns. Kids can't smoke tobacco. Kids can't get tattoos in most states. Kids can't enter into contracts. Kids can't have sex. Kids can't get married. Back when there was a draft, kids couldn't get drafted. Kids can't hold public office. And why is that? Because they're kids. Because their brains aren't formed. Because they don't have enough intellectual ability or life experiences to make reasonable choices. Now, there's some people that are my age that are dumb as a doornail, but they've lived on the planet for 66 years, and they've learned what's right and wrong, and they've learned what's good for people and what's bad for people by experience. But when you're 16 years old or 15 years old or two years old, you don't have any idea in the big picture what's good, bad, or indifferent. When did you think you knew more than anybody in the world? Just think back in your own lives. When you were a teenager, I'll bet you believed that you knew everything. You knew better than your parents about everything they talked to you about. You knew better than the cops about what they were telling you to do. You knew better than your teachers about what you were supposed to do with your life. You knew everything about everything because your brain was just turning on, and all of a sudden you think that you're the only person in the world that's as smart as you are. And that's, that's why adolescents uh, get themselves in a lot of trouble, and that's why we don't let them do these things. But I mentioned this on my show last week, maybe the week before, of this uh, uh, family that was being promoted on Fox News in California, where they claimed that they could tell when their daughter was two years old that she was crying out for a sex change and really wanted to be a boy. Well, you know, that's insane, okay? When you've got a parent who is willing to have their child surgically mutilated because they, the parent believes that their two-year-old, before they can even talk, these parents said, before the child could even talk, they knew that the child was crying out for a sex change. Well, you know, 
there's these things in most states called the Department of Family Services, and they're in the business of taking kids away from their parents when they think the parents aren't being good enough to their kids, when they think the kids are subject to child abuse or neglect. For example, we had a, we had a client of ours who uh, uh, was accused of child abuse and neglect because she served her kids pancakes for dinner. All right. They thought you must be nuts because you think your kids should have pancakes for dinner. If you leave your your 10-year-old child at home alone for two hours, that's child abuse or neglect. And these people in the Department of Family Services are just dying for an opportunity to spring on you and, and take your children and put them in foster care. Well, amongst other things, that promotes the general governmental push to replace parents with government. And that's why they do that. But they would they, – they, uh, I was sitting in court one day watching a guy get his kids take, taken away from him because the allegation was that before he went to pick up his kids on visitation day, he smoked a joint in his car and the car would have the smell of marijuana in it. And therefore, if he took his kids and put them in the car that had the smell of marijuana in it, that was abuse or neglect and he shouldn't have possession of his own flesh and blood. Those same leftists would tell those parents, that you can't feed your kid pancakes for dinner, you can't leave your 10-year-old home alone for an hour, um, and you can't smoke a joint in the car before you pick up your kids, they would say you can have your kid's genitals cut off. They'll tell you that you can have your kid um, chemically neutered. They will tell you that you can have your daughter's breast cut off. They will tell you that you can mutilate your children. You can hire doctors to mutilate your children. So what, what if you went into the doctor's office, and you got a two-year-old, right? And you say, now, doctor, I know because I can hear it in her voice that my two-year-old daughter wants to be a deaf person, so I want you to remove her, her ears, and I want you to remove her middle ears, and I want you to remove her inner ears, and I want you to render her deaf. How many doctors do you think would do that? And if a doctor did it, how, many, how long do you think they'd keep their license? And why wouldn't that parent be put in jail for neglect and abuse of their child. You know darn well they would be. What if you went into your doctor's office and you said, I've got a four-year-old, and uh, he, he told me that he's tired of having to clean his hands, and so we decided to have his hands cut off, okay? Would you, would you think it would be reasonable that a parent would, should be allowed to have their child's hands cut off? How about, how about uh, their nose? Say, you know, my, uh, my, my 14-year-old daughter uh, it gets teased because she's got a, a big nose and she's decided she'd rather have no nose at all. And so we're just going to have the, you know, doctor, I'd like to have you cut off my daughter's nose. No, I don't want a nose job. She, uh, she wants no nose at all. So just, just, just cut it off. I mean, and how far is that from going in and saying to the doctor, my four-year-old told me or my 18-year-old told me or my 16-year-old told me that they don't like being alive and they'd rather be dead. So please, doctor, please uh, euthanize my youth for the purposes of having life, um, what do they call it, uh, 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 gender? What's the, what's the catchphrase again? Uh, uh, Gender-confirming care, right? We'll have life-confirming care. My child chooses to be dead. So let's murder my child to have life-confirming care. I mean, they already talk about abortion as a medical procedure, right? You know, and, and, and so how much further would that be from saying that the murder of children would just be life-affirming care for a child that chooses to be dead and not alive? But i got to tell you, here is, here is uh, Senate Bills 49, 236, 
and 164. These are the, this is a, one of the bills that Governor Parsons, thank God, signed yesterday. And it does much more than just make this uh, gender surgery and medication uh, illegal. It makes it illegal for any doctor to do it um, to anybody under the age of 18. If a doctor does do it to a kid under the age of 18, they will lose their medical licenses, okay? That's, that's a significant threat to doctors. But it goes further than that. You know, I've been in the business of representing people against doctors in medical malpractice litigation for the last, oh, I don't know, 38 years. But the government has made it increasingly difficult to get justice against doctors because they've given doctors protections against litigation that nobody else has, limits how much you can recover against a doctor, limits how the statute of limitations is shorter than anything else to where you can't sue a doctor after two years, limits the uh, where you can sue a doctor so that you can't pick a jurisdiction where you might get a good result. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this bill signed by Mike Parson yesterday does away with all of that. If a doctor does this horrible thing of mutilating children, you can sue them. Unlike a regular medical malpractice case, you can sue them in any jurisdiction in the state of Missouri in any county. There's no limitation on the amount of damages you can get them, and there's minimum damages, a minimum aggregate of $500,000 for each offense. And more than that, when you prevail, you get your attorney's fees and costs. And that's the only negligence kind of claim, the only claim for malpractice in Missouri where you'd get your attorney's fees and costs paid. This law's got real teeth in it. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been conned into having um, sex change surgery, the mutilation of your children by something like Children's Hospital here in St. Louis or Vanderbilt Medical Center or UCLA or any of the rest of these places that are cutting up our kids, you think about that. You think about what would happen if the doctor that lied to you about how this was affirming and care, if you could sue them and get actual and punitive damages get them without limitation. And you could pick a jurisdiction where you had a, a jury, unlike New York City with Donald Trump, but more like some places in Missouri where there's genuinely religious, God-fearing people to hold those doctors' feet to the fire, to take them to task, and to absolutely punish them for their knowing and intentional mutilization of our, of our youth. And that that's really something. The only bad part about all this is that this statute's only in effect till 2027. This should be a permanent, there should not be a sunset provision in this bill. This should become the uh, the permanent law in the state of Missouri. should become the uh, permanent law everywhere in the country. And by the way, why do you even have to make this a special provision of the law? Wouldn't you think that the child abuse statutes already in effect would apply to a doctor cutting off somebody's uh, testicles? or cutting off a girl's breasts when they're under 18, when they have no ability to make conscious decisions for themselves, you don't let them drink because they'll drink too much and they'll hurt themselves and others. You don't let them drive cars because they lack judgment. You don't let them vote because they lack judgment. You don't let them buy guns because they might lack judgment. You don't let them hold public office. You imagine a two-year-old running for public office. Let's do this. Let's take the two-year-old whose parents say, I can tell she doesn't want to be a girl. Let's say that the parents say, my two-year-old wants to be president of the United States, and I believe because I can tell she'd be a really good president. So we ought to have laws that allow that little girl to run for president when she's two because her parents think it's a good idea. Well, of course, that's nonsense, but it's no more or less nonsensical 
than saying that parents or the kids without parents' consent can have their lives forever destroyed by having their, their sex organs mutilated or by having their, their puberty blocked by medication. And, you know, the flip side of that is that these people that choose to do that, and you get, you get a guy out there, you get a, an average male who is significantly stronger than the average female of the same size and weight, and you get them out there and you get them competing against girls. For our entire adult life, we've been, talk, we've been told about women's lib and equality for women. And finally, you know, where they get a point where now it's hard to find a position in the world where women aren't readily accepted. And so what do we do now? We destroy their chances at achievement by giving whatever you want to call these. I call them psychosexuals, people that believe that they should be a different sex, even though they were born one and want to become another. But allow men with testicles to compete against women or who grew up with testicles to compete against women is a level of insanity that you can only have in this Orwellian world of the West where the media wants something because it destabilizes a government, it destabilizes a family, it destroys family culture, it destroys Western culture, and therefore they force you to conform to it, and once again, for fear of, of being um, socially ridiculed or, or destroyed. There's, a, there's an article I've got here, I'm not going to take the time to read it to you today, of a college student who was flunked in an exam by her professor because she used the uh, phrase, um, uh, um, genetic woman or words to that effect claiming or using the phrase that, they, that there is actually there are women out there and I wish uh, maybe I should dig it up here and find it because it was it's really one of the best descriptions we got here's my favorite here's Pete Buttigieg saying that uh, there as uh, the human rights campaign says we have a national state of emergency against LGBTQ whatever people um and I won't take too much more time trying to find here in my, my voluminous notes. Um, but this professor actually flunked this lady for using um, the phrase naturally born female or words to that effect because it is it envisions heteronormalcy or normalcy, which is an evil, right? Pre- publicly saying that there are men and women. Heteronormalcy is an evil that has to be rooted out according to the left. Well, so we get down to this. This is what they call Pride Month now, okay? Back earlier, we had this thing called Gay Pride Month, right? But now gay isn't nearly offensive enough, so they have to have even more and more offensive things. Now this transgenderism and all these 30 different uh, gender categories and all this stuff, which is really just nonsense, just craziness. Um, But think about this. We have a, a Pride Month. I don't know. I'm heterosexual. Should I be proud of that? I think I am. I think I need to have a heterosexual month. And by the way, if if these uh, um, sexual dysphoria people, if they actually exist, make up a minuscule percentage of the population, so if they get a month, shouldn't we get a decade or so? But think about this. Moms get a day, right? There's Mother's Day. Dads get a day. There's Father's Day. Um, veterans get a day. There's Veterans Day. Uh, Lincoln and Washington the father of our country, and the person that, that uh, led us through the Civil War, they have to share a day. They don't even get a whole day. They get, they get a half a day. Flags get a day. Tree huggers, you know, the same people that promote this pride stuff, 
they only give trees a day, right? We have Arbor Day, right? But if you're gay or trans, whatever the hell that is, or all the other alphabet soups, you get a whole month. And by the way, some people just don't get over it. Um, for example, Anheuser-Busch. And I'll leave this today with my last comment about uh, Anheuser-Busch. Here's an article. They just don't learn. Now Bud Light sponsors all ages drag queen pride party. All right. This is out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Bud Light is sponsoring an all ages pride event at after party featuring drag queens in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, the after party will feature at nine drag queens um, and it's for all ages. Together we support, unite, and strengthen our LGBTQ1A2S plus community. Well, they're down 27%. You know, they just want to shoot themselves in the damn foot. And ladies and gentlemen, go out there, buy Coors Light, buy Miller's Light, and don't buy that Bud Light. Get more Mark McCloskey at NewstalkSTL.com. This is Mark McCloskey on Fire on News Talk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.